now we want to move to our, our second segment uh, and talk about um, the city budget that was approved uh, last night at, at City Hall. Uh, um, the final vote was 44 uh, to 6, and uh, it's a $101 billion budget, the largest budget in New York City history. Uh, however, uh, while it re- uh, maintains full funding uh, for the uh, for the NYPD, for example, uh, there has been cuts in funding to a number of agencies, uh, including uh, the Department of Education, and these are cuts that are going to hit at the classroom level are going to affect the children of New York. Um, one could argue there are pockets of the Department of Education that are stuffed full of uh, overpaid uh, bureaucrats uh, going back to the Bloomberg administration. But these cuts are going to uh, hit the kids in the classrooms, and we're going to hear more about that. But um, there are some aspects of, of what happened last night that are uh, uh, really troubling, and just in terms of how the process uh, went down. Um, uh, the uh, the Speaker of the City Council, Adrian Adams, as we mentioned earlier, uh, she controls a $41 million fund that is used to allocate uh, money to each of the council members uh, who in turn can use that their cut of the of that pie uh, to aid various community organizations uh, in their in their districts. And a lot of these organizations really count on this money. I mean, it averages out to about eight hundred thousand dollars per district. Some council members get a little bit more if they're, you know, uh, favored by the speaker. But everybody gets in on that. Um, however, uh, uh, seven council members were cut out of those funds. Uh, six uh Six of those are uh, progressives and socialists. There is one conservative Democrat as well. Uh, the the six uh, socialists and progressives who refused to support uh, this retrograde uh, budget uh, uh, were uh, Council Member Charles Barron, uh, Kristen Richardson Jordan, uh, also uh, Tiffany Caban, Alexa uh, Aviles. Uh, those four all identify as socialists, and and then also uh, Sandy Nurse and and Chi Ose. Uh, they were uh, elected last year after being leaders in the Black Lives Matter protest of 2020. These members felt like they just could not support this budget that, you know, props up the NYPD once again and cuts funding for school kids and others. And for taking that principled stance, they're not they're not just being punished, but they're they're constituents. They're often working class constituents um, are, are going to be deprived of these resources. And while $800,000 per district is not a huge amount of money compared to the total size of the budget. Those are resources that are uh, desperately needed. And uh, I mean, like just one example we uh, learned about uh, today and, and credit uh, Patch for the reporting on this uh, in uh, Tiffany Caban's district in, uh, in Astoria, Queens, uh, where, you know, she's being uh, cut out of the money. Uh, you know, one institution that's going to, uh, lose out on $150,000, uh, is the, uh, um, uh, it's a community center, that, uh, that houses, among other things, the Variety Boys and Girls Club, which offers after school programming like swim lessons and art classes to about 4,000 children in Western Queens. This group is actually expanding its services over to Jackson Heights, but now all of a sudden, They've lost out on a hundred and it's looking like they could lose out on one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in support. They may have to lay off staff or cut back 
on their on their programming. And so, you know, this is when the political game really goes off the rails when when I mean, I, I, I get it why like Adrian Adams is, would be like, OK, I got to get everybody in line to, you know, pass this thing and, and you, gotta, you know, use carrots and sticks. But the collateral damage is the kids <laughs> and other community institutions uh, that really count on this funding. So uh, hopefully there will be a way to ameliorate this going forward. But that's the kind of games that were going on last night to to ensure the passage of this measure. And there are a number of other progressives who voted for it. I, d- I doubt they were happy to vote for it. They probably, you know, uh, having a hard time maybe looking in the mirror uh, this morning, but they did it because they it maybe in part because they felt like they had to keep these funds coming to their to their districts. And uh, so basically a lot of community organizations are essentially were taken hostage to ensure the passage of, of this budget. That's kind of how the sausage was made. Uh, but we're really, uh, you know, and um, before we go to a guest, we also had uh, uh, our reporter, uh, uh, Yastika Guru and, and Sue Brisk were outside City Hall yesterday talking to education advocates and protesters. And um, I think we can cue that up and just hear those voices uh uh, for a couple of minutes here, and then we're going to go to our uh, our guests. Here today because at seven o'clock the New York City Council is going to vote on Mayor Adams' first official budget um, with some dramatic cuts to New York City public schools for absolutely no reason. When there are billions of dollars in coffers across the city, as well as there's still unspent money from the federal government for schools, and so we are here to let the City Council know that that is not okay. Unlike some other budgets in the past, the back the the education. A budget cuts that are coming down are going directly to schools. Uh-huh. There are schools who are losing millions of dollars yeah. in their everyday budget. Yeah. And so we really want to make sure that people know what is happening. And so hold their city council member accountable. Yeah. And make sure that most of the council today is going to vote yes on some horrific cuts to education, mm-hmm. to uh, mental health care, mm-hmm. to housing, mm-hmm. to, all, to public health services. Mm-hmm. And that is not how you take care of a city. No, no. Mm-hmm. We came together specifically because we are seeing all these cuts happen to education, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in education cuts in a moment where we're not past the pandemic. And New York City got $7 billion from the federal government to ensure that children, especially black, brown, and poor children, and those most marginalized, would not be harmed. We are not yet out of a pandemic, and there's no reason that this mayor and city council should be cutting any money from education. In terms of what people can do outside is hold our elected members accountable Many of them um, signed petitions we put out, signed letters, signed on to platforms stating that that education and education justice was a priority for them. So for them to say all those things on the campaign trail and then to come in here and, you know, knowingly cut, you know, up to a billion dollars over the next few years out of the budget while also bloating the already bloated NYPD budget and actually creating a, you know, this is a historic budget. And I think New Yorkers need to know that the historic nature of this budget is that it is the most heavily funded NYPD budget ever, right? And so I think New Yorkers should be holding their council members accountable. They should be calling them, demanding, you know, at least from now until 7 p.m. that they should vote no. Um, but they also need to be moving forward, um, holding them accountable for the decisions that they are making. And there will be three other budgets under this mayor, under this city council that need to be done with the justice lens. So that, uh, that was, uh, 
uh, Zakira Ansari, Natasha Capers, and Matt Gonzalez, uh, education advocates, speaking to the Independent outside City Hall yesterday. The budget, of course, was approved uh, despite those protests. And joining us now to talk about uh, what has happened and its impact on public education in New York uh, is uh, Lainey Hameson of Class Size Matters, longtime education advocate, and Caliris Salas Ramirez of the uh, um, of More, the movement of uh, rad- radical educators. Um, thank you both of us for joining on the day after this uh, budget was approved. Thanks for having us. So, uh, Lainey, uh, you want to start? Uh, um, what's going to be the impact in the classroom of, of what went down yesterday? Well, the last time New York City school budgets were cut to this extent was during the 2007-2008 Great Recession. It was unacceptable then, but even more now, given that we have a city budget and surplus billions of dollars in reserve, more state education funding uh, by $1.3 billion and nearly $5 billion in unspent federal stimulus funds that are meant for our schools. Um, what happened last time was that class sizes sharply increased and students lost valuable and critical programs and services. So I'm assuming the same thing will happen um, next year. The, uh, the, the, the line that the mayor and the city council are using is that uh, the schools are fully funded in terms of fair student funding, which was a budget formula that was devised by Joel Klein during Mayor Bloomberg's administration in 2007 that has never been either fair or sufficient for our schools, is aligned with very large class sizes of at least 28, and is hugely flawed. And the idea that we should be Funding schools on the basis of a formula that was created in 2007 by Joel Klein and that we should be rationalizing these cuts to schools based on that formula is ridiculous. I've been um, sounding the alarm about this proposed budget to the city council, to parent groups, to education groups since probably January or February. And sadly, nobody was listening much. It was only when the actual school-based budgets came out last week that everybody woke up and said, wow, this is really going to be devastating. And so, um, you know, we've had call, uh, we've, we've asked parents before then to call, uh, to call their council members, to write the chancellor, to call the mayor, but not enough did. The council never restored those cuts in either their response to the preliminary budget or the executive budget. And um, we actually heard that at the last minute after the cuts were actually announced, the school-based budget cuts were announced, the council was having second thoughts. And Adrian Adams, the speaker, um, was quoted as saying both in the Daily News and Politico that this was not going to go forward, that she was not going to allow cuts to schools. Then the next day, these quotes appeared. Uh, they hurriedly um, actually scheduled a vote on the next day, on Monday. It's it's weeks earlier than the deadline. The deadline is June 30th. Uh, the, 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 the vote happened late at night. I'm not sure why they had to rush this through unless they realized that if they left it to more time, the outrage and the disappointment and the fervor would grow further and further. Uh, grow, grow larger and larger. And I don't know whether you saw this, but on Twitter, somebody actually tweeted a video 
of the mayor walking down the street in the Brooklyn Gate Pride Parade, and there was spontaneous booing from people sitting at cafes on the street saying, don't cut our schools, don't cut our schools. So the message was received. It was unfortunately received too late. Um, the panel for educational policy already voted to approve. Well, they voted down the fair student funding formula, but I think it's coming to a vote again. Clarice can say tomorrow. And I think Adams has another appointment. So it will likely go through at that time. But the problem is that we should not be basing school funding on something, an arbitrary, irrational, damaging formula that causes that according to principal surveys, more than 80% of principals say it incentivizes them to overcrowd classrooms and overcrowd schools. And this was a, a poison pill that was devised by Joel Klein in 2007, which is what, 15 years ago now. So anyone yeah. who tells you that this fully funds fair student funding and so it's an okay budget is really talking through their hat. Absolutely. And and so we're going to pivot to you, Kalidis. Ask, um, can you tell us about your perspective as a parent and where you'll see this impact also as a teacher, of course? Uh, so full disclaimer, although I am a parent allied to more and organize with them, I am not <laughs> a teacher. I am a parent leader. Uh, I am part of the coalition. Sorry about that. It's okay. I, hey, I, I would love to claim it, but I can't because they're amazing. Um, uh, I, we are more as part of a coalition, New Yorkers for Racially Just Public Schools, um, of which I am part of the steering committee of. Um, we are also partnered with the People's Plan, and the People's Plan, once uh, Mayor Adams released his proposed budget, we actually organized several actions against the cuts uh, for our public schools. I also serve as Mark Levine's PEP appointee. Um, so I am part of the New York City School Board. And Lainey's right. We've been talking about the fair student funding formula for several months now. Uh, we actually, the first time it was proposed to the panel, it was not voted through um, because there were some concerns that there are certain student populations that are not represented in that formula. And so in turn, schools are disinvested in, and we have a lot of our most marginalized students not getting the appropriate support while we have some students in very affluent schools, for example, the specialized high schools that are getting really large weights in that fair student funding formula. And so in turn, they get more funding. Uh, and so it's a real concern in terms of equity. It's a real concern in terms of being able to differentiate between English language learners and students with IEPs that have diverse needs. Um, there isn't a straight uh, weight for students in temporary housing or students in foster care. And so we're really concerned about moving um, this formula forward. Uh, the vote did come up last month um, on the May 18th PEP, um, and the Department of Education has made a commitment to create a work group to revise the formula. In 2019, um, Mayor de, uh, de Blasio had a task force which submitted some recommendations, but as part of those recommendations, there needed to be a thorough financial analysis of the budget to see how those weights could actually be brought together in order to have an equitable formula, and that wasn't done. That's where it stopped. Um, and it stopped because we got hit with the pandemic. Um, and I just want to be clear, we're still in a pandemic. Uh, you know, kids right. still need lots of these services and they're not going to be provided if we cut, if we take this cut in our school budget, which we now have to deal with. 
Right, and we're we're going to have to go in another minute or so. But uh, either one of you, if you want to uh, jump in on this, uh, how has the pandemic affected the public schools? And uh, wouldn't that argue for increasing the support for the schools, not cutting it back? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the reason why we are getting these cuts is because the formula is tied to enrollment. Enrollment has declined sharply, which has actually led to smaller class sizes in many of our schools. And that the citywide average has substantially declined. And what parents and teachers tell me is this is the first time in many years or ever that they, the teachers have been able to do their job and, and reach students effectively. Parents say it's the first time the parent told me she's had kids in the public schools for seven years. It's the first year ever that she thinks her kid is getting what they need from their teachers. It is more important than ever, given all the losses suffered and all the disruptions from the pandemic, that class sizes do not go up next year, which is what's going to happen as a result. And I just want to make another point, which um, I think is really important, which is uh, um, on June 3rd, the state legislature passed a new law that requires New York City to start reducing class sizes in all grades starting next fall. And essentially, the governor and the city council are thumbing their nose at the intent of this law that was um, passed overwhelmingly by the state legislature um, just a couple, you know, just 10 days ago. Right, we have uh, 20 seconds. So what, what I'm asking people to do is sign a petition to the governor, which you can find at the Class Size Matters website, um, a link to, asking her to sign this bill as soon as possible because once it's signed, we can try to use it legally as a lever to limit the damage of these cuts um, okay. because there is no way they can reduce class sizes given these cuts. In fact, class sizes will go up substantially right. and hurt our, 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 our kids who need smaller classes now more than ever before. Okay, we'll have to leave it there. But Lainey Hampson from uh, Class Size Matters and Clearest Solace Ramirez, member of New York City School Board, and uh, school parent, both of you, thank you so much for joining us on WBAI Radio. Hi. Okay, and so we'll have to leave it there. Uh, before we sign off, thank you to board operator Reggie Johnson, also uh, other members of the independent radio team, uh, Yaswika uh, Guru, uh, Molly Morrow, uh, Sue Brisk, and Owen Schacht. And once again, that phone number, 212-209-2950, to support WBAI. And Amba, what's our uh, music here we're going to sign off with? This is Hometown by Witch.